The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. You know, I was thinking this morning as we uh, welcome everybody to Coastal, uh, myself or Ryan or whoever's doing the announcements, we really ought to be welcoming everybody who's watching us live uh, online as well. Do you, I don't know if you realize this or not, but we now have um, about 40 to 50 unique views every Sunday right now watching our services online. So welcome everybody online. Glad for you to join us with us today. Um, and if you're not aware of that, you know, if you're out of town or if you're traveling or, um, you know, are, are sick at home or uh, lazy and won't get out of bed. Um, you know, you could uh, go to our website and uh, you can uh, watch our services live. And hey, how about our new website? Isn't that cool? Have you seen that already? Uh, check that out if you haven't already seen that. Um, a lot of uh, thanks goes to uh, Lizzie, uh, who is my daughter-in-law, not my stepdaughter. There was a little uh, typo um, error on my part. That would be weird, like we're from Tennessee or something, in, in, you know, marrying. Uh, anyway, sorry about that. Those of you from Tennessee. But um, Anyway, uh, but she's our photographer, and a lot of the thanks goes to her for those awesome pictures of our people and our church. So really, really cool. Hey, do me a favor. Everybody take out your Connect card, if you will. Uh, a couple of things I want to bring to your attention. Uh, I do want to talk about the big day, but I did notice this morning, I want to kind of highlight one other thing, and that is, says, add me to the list of office volunteers, our Monday morning follow-up team, or our Super Service Friday team. And uh, I don't know if that, if that could apply to you, possibly, but we have a phenomenal group of volunteers who come here during the week to help pull off everything that happens uh, here on Sunday, both following up with people uh, from, uh, from church, uh, that, that happens on Monday, and uh, then getting everything prepped and ready uh, for Sunday on Friday. And uh, if you're interested in being a part of any one of those, uh, uh, check one of those boxes. It's a great team, and it's a, a great opportunity to serve. Maybe uh, you're home, and if you're home with kids, uh, you can check that box and say, I, I will need child care, and we'll make sure we have uh, child care here. Or you can just drop your kids off and leave. And No, it's not, don't do that. It's not a um, mom's morning out, so we do need you to volunteer. Uh, but really, the thing that I want to highlight this morning, I want to talk about next Sunday. Uh, there's several of these little invite cards uh, in your bulletin. Uh, these are not for you, okay? Like, you don't have to be reminded three times that we're having a tailgate Sunday next week. These are for you to, to give away to at least three people. And if you need more, we've got some in the back. Um, these are just tools for you. Uh, but next Sunday is going to be great. Uh, we're kicking off uh, a new series called After God's Heart. And uh, it's all about the, the story, the life of David. And uh, even if you've never been to church in your life, you probably know something about David. And so that's a, a good uh, hook for people. But we're going to be talking about the kind of heart that God is looking for and that he is looking for our, at our heart. You know, uh, we, uh, there, there's this great verse, and it's kind of a theme verse for the series that says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And uh, we're going to talk about the kind of heart that God is looking for. But there on your Connect card, it says, I'd like to participate uh, as a tailgater on Sunday, October the 1st. So outside, uh, all day long, during both services, after both services, uh, we're going to have uh, stations set up at, in the, on the front lawn, uh, people tailgating. And uh, we could always use some more tailgaters. So if you're interested in participating, basically it just means you, you, know, you set up your tent or your display or your table or your truck, and uh, you provide some food. And we do have a couple of people that are providing kind of a lot of food. So it's not like you individually have to feed to everybody, uh, but provide some food. People are going to be walking around. Everybody next Sunday, wear your team colors, your jerseys, whatnot. And if, if you're wondering what I'll be wearing next week, you don't know Pastor Chris, so I'll have that on. Um, and then it says, um, I'd like to be 
Uh, I'd like to be baptized on Sunday, October the 1st. Right in the center of all the activity, we're going to set up some risers, our portable baptistry, and we've got a few people that are getting baptized next Sunday. Maybe that's your next step. Uh, maybe you've come to faith already, but you've never followed the example of Jesus and believers all through time who've gone public with their faith and saying, you know, I'm all in. Um, I'm not ashamed that, you know, to, to show the world that I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ. And uh, it's, a, it's a command uh, in Scripture. Jesus said for us to get baptized. We follow his example. And if you'd like to do that next Sunday, we'd love for you to join with us. And then the other thing says, please pray for my one that I will invite to the big day on October the 1st. And we actually are letting you, uh, encouraging you to write down the name of somebody that you're inviting, that you're reaching out to. And uh, we're praying for that person. Uh, we sent out an email this past week to those of you uh, who uh, checked that box and wrote down a name. And uh, we're just excited. We're excited about uh, next Sunday, excited about this series. Uh, invite and bring a friend with you. Now, last week, uh, we did talk about an encounter that Jesus had uh, with one, one man by the name of Zacchaeus. And I reminded you that just like Zacchaeus, there are people all around you today uh, where you live, where you work, and where you play who are searching. Uh, they're searching. They're searching for hope. They're searching for meaning. They're searching for fulfillment. They're in search of anything, something that'll fill that void in their heart. And even though many times they really might not be sure what exactly they're looking for or what they really need, you and I do. His name is Jesus. And the whole time they are searching, even though they might not be aware of it, the whole time they're looking, the whole time they're searching, Jesus, Jesus is searching for them. In fact, Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. That's his mission. And it's our job simply just to help make the introductions. Our mission here at Coastal, I said it earlier, is to share and experience the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. And we believe that the best way to do that is through relationships. We believe that God has put each and every one of us strategically uh, as, as missionaries. He, he has put you into circles of relationships, circles of influence, your neighborhood, your workplace, your ball team, your school, the gym you work out at, the, uh, the play group that you're a part of. He has put you there so that you can be his missionary, so that you can, so that you can be a friend, so that you can simply show people you know, what a follower of Jesus looks like, what it looks like to live out your faith so that you can love people and serve them and, and, and point them to Jesus. One of the best ways, one of the easiest ways to point people to Jesus is invite them to Coastal because that's what we do here. We lift up Jesus. And because that's what we do, we lift up Jesus, we are going to introduce people to him. We are going to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus. Simply that, you know what? We're all sinners. And we're all in need of a Savior. And the good news is that one has been provided and he wants to know you. He wants to love you. And you can come home to him today. You can find forgiveness. You can find freedom. 
Folks, that's our strategy, plain and simple. You know, to be a friend, to love people, to serve people, to point them to Jesus, to invite them to a place where they're going to hear about him. But sometimes, quite honestly, that can be a little scary. You know, it's definitely a little messy, and it can even be a little overwhelming. So here's what I want to do today, the week before, you know, our big day next week, we're encouraging you. We always, by the way, encourage you to invite a friend uh, to Coastal. But there are certain days where we say, hey, pull out all the stops, get somebody here. So I want to encourage you today by uh, sharing a story that Jesus told his followers. And I believe that he told them this story so that he could encourage them and prepare them for what they were going to face as they went out into the world and shared that good news. Now, in this particular story, I I believe that he gives us a behind-the-scenes look at uh, what's really happening in the lives of people as we reach out to them. And so that's my prayer today, that when we're done, that you'll be encouraged and that you will be strengthened and empowered as well. Follow along as I read a story that Jesus told his his followers, and he speaks to us today through it, Matthew 13, beginning in verse 3. It's on your outline, and it's on the screen. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the plants sprang up quickly, but they soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seeds fell among the thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades, but some, some seeds fell on fertile soil and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. Now, Jesus' disciples uh, were a lot like us, um, pretty dense at time and had a hard time understanding and uh, listening to what he had to say. Uh, They really didn't understand what the story meant. So fortunately for them and for us, Jesus went on to explain uh, what he meant, beginning in verse 18. Now here's the explanation of the story I told you about the farmer sowing grain. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the good news about the kingdom and don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches the seed away from their hearts. The rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. At first, they get uh, along fine, but soon they wilt as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe the word. The thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares of this life and the lure of wealth. So no crop is produced. The good soil represents the hearts of those who truly accept God's message and produce a harvest 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Now, there is an awful lot going on in this story. We could spend weeks digesting it. But I want you to see some principles here today that apply to us and I think that will encourage you and empower you as you reach out to people, as we together share and experience the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. First of all, principle number one, I want you to notice that our job is simply to sow seed generously. That's it. 
just to cast seed generously. Now, the seed in Jesus' story is the message about the kingdom. It's the good news of the gospel. And the farmer who's going along just sowing seed, he represents us, you and me, just going out, sharing the good news. Again, sharing the life of Jesus, the love of Jesus with, with the world. And, and the reason we need to just keep doing it, just keep sowing seed, casting seed generously, is because of all the different types of soil that we're gonna come into contact with. In other words, all the different types of people that we're gonna come in contact with. And we never really know who is going to be that one, that one person who will respond, that one person who is receptive and ready and their hearts are open. Now, what in the world, though, does it mean to sow seed? I mean, other than planting tomatoes and a few other vegetables, um, I don't think there's a lot of farmers here today, right? By the way, for those of you who do plant tomatoes, thank you so much for bringing them to me. Man, somebody this week brought me some heirloom tomatoes. Oh my, anyway, it's nothing to do with the story today, but keep that mental note in your mind. But anyway, um, but what does it have to do with us? I mean, how do, how do we sow or cast seed? Well, I believe we do that. We, we, we cast seed through our conversations with people. We sow seed through our relationships, through those little small acts of kindness, through serving, through our example, through sharing our story. We, we, we sow seed by, by inviting people to come to church. You know, maybe later today when you go out to eat after church or, or even this week, you, you take one of those invite cards in your bulletin and you, you lay them on top of your tip. And uh, maybe the waitress or waiter, uh, maybe they're already a believer, maybe they're already involved in church, but maybe, just maybe, they're not. And so all you're doing is, is casting seed. Who knows what will happen? Now let me say this. Some of you should not do that because I've been out to eat with you and I know how you treat people and what kind of tip you leave. Shame on you. So do not do that, okay? Um, but we just keep casting seed. Just keep casting seed. Because we don't know who will respond or when they will respond. You know, isn't it incredible, isn't it just mind-blowing that the creator of the universe is counting on, on sinners, just struggling sinners, you know, crazy people like you and me to be his witnesses, you know, to share the good news, to be just one link in the long chain that brings people just one step closer to Jesus. You see, I believe that one of the obstacles that we have in, you know, when people hear the word evangelism, one of the, one of the obstacles that we have in, in sowing seed is that we tend to measure success by two things. Did we actually share uh, the gospel, a biblical presentation of the gospel, and did they pray a prayer of salvation? And we think that's success. But we forget the second principle which is salvation, yes, is an event, but it's also a process. It's an event and a process. Here, it's an event in that, you know, for the most part, most people remember the day they got saved. You know, the day, the, the, the time and, and the place. You know, you might remember um, the day that you crossed the line of faith, that you became a believer, or maybe some of you specifically remember the day that you got baptized. But it's more than that. You see, I think Jesus is teaching that evangelism, it's a process 
That it's, that it's not just a, you know, it's not about a polished presentation, but it's about whether or not the soil is ready. Now, that might, that might be new to some of you, but it makes sense if you'll think about it. You know, I've seen some people do what I honestly thought was an absolutely terrible job at presenting the gospel. I mean, they really just butchered it. And still people got saved. And then I've seen people give what you would think was just a textbook, you know, perfect presentation, you know, of the gospel. And then nobody got saved. The issue is principle number three. The difference is not the presentation, it's the preparation of the soil. It's the preparation of the soil, the heart. You know, some of you can relate to this. You've had maybe the frustrating experience of uh, having a friend or a family member or, or a coworker that, um, that, man, you've been reaching out to them. They've been on your heart and your mind, and you've been praying for them, loving them, serving them. Over time, you've shared your faith, you've shared your, to- your story, your testimony, and uh, you've invited them to church over and over and over again, year after year after year, and nothing nothing. And you think, man, I am, I am terrible at this. I'm doing a terrible job. I must be a failure. And then you go, I know. I'll get them a certain uh, podcast, a certain recording, or a certain book, and I'll make sure they listen to it or they read it. And then nothing. They, they still don't get it. And then you're like, I know. I've got to get them to church on, on this particular day. And, and uh, you bribe them or you drag them here to church. You do a little bait and switch. You invite them out to dinner or lunch, a breakfast and you bring them to our cafe. And you're like, what? You know, come on in. You know? and, and then, of course, the pastor does an unbelievable job you know, and, and uh, he's funny, and he shares the gospel, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking, "Woo! yes, I know, today's the day, this is awesome, they're going to get it, I know they're getting it now, and then it comes to the end of the service, and nothing, and they're like, okay, where are we going out to lunch today, and uh, you know, and you're like, oh my goodness, and you don't understand what's going on. You know what I think Jesus would tell you today? Settle down, tiger. (laughs) You know, simmer down. The issue is not you. The issue is not the preparation of the presenter or the polish of the presentation. The real issue is the soil. It's the heart. You see, you can take a perfect presentation and present it in a perfect way, but if the soil's not ready, there won't be a harvest. And the flip side is also true. You can take, again, the perfect seed, the perfect story, the gospel, and you can present it in a terrible way. But if the soil is ready, you reap a harvest. Because a person coming to faith, a person responding to your invitation, a person responding to the gospel, listen, you've got to hear this today. It's a process. It's a process. So if that's true, then what does that mean for you and me today? It means the fourth principle. We gotta be sensitive to where people are in this process. We gotta be sensitive to where they're at. You know, if if you're gonna be successful, you, you gotta find out where this person really is so that you can talk to them and address the questions and concerns and issues that they have, not just the ones that you think they have. 
In other words, it makes no sense to quote the Bible to somebody who's not even come to the point where they even believe the Bible is true. You know, you've you got to be careful not to assume that a person recognizes their need for God when they don't even believe in God yet. You've got to know where they are in the process. You know, so sometimes that's why, you know, you're not so much inviting them to church as you really are inviting them to community. Because maybe that's what they're looking for right then. Maybe that's where they are in the process. And if that's true, then there's another thing that has to happen. Principle number five. We got to make a commitment just to help people take their next step. You got to make a commitment to help people take their next step. Here at Coastal, you know, in our evangelism strategy of invest and invite, this is the investing part. This is just the investing in the lives of other people. And by the way, this is important. Hear this loud and clear. You're investing in the lives of people. You're building relationships. You're mixing it up with people in, in this world. Not because they are your pet project. And you want to you know, put another notch on your spiritual belt. No, but because they're a human being. And they matter to God. And if they matter to God, they ought to matter to you. They ought to matter to me. And it's, it's called being a friend. It's, it's called just helping people take their next step, whatever it might be. Have you ever heard you know, somebody tell their story, their testimony? You know What you're hearing when they do that is the story of how they moved along in that journey, how they took next steps in that process. And you know what? Almost every testimony I've ever heard is the beautiful story of how God, in his sovereign plan, weaved people in and out of their life. And he brought the right people at the right time for the right reasons, and he used them. Maybe for just a a short season, but he used them to bring them along in this process. How many times have you heard a testimony that was, you know, some variation of this? I was doing my own thing, just living my own life, and I met a girl. I really liked her. You know, we had a lot in common. And one day I realized, though, there was something different about this girl. We talked a lot, and I found out that she was a Christian. And believe it or not, the Bible, the Bible was a big part of her life. It was actually the first time I'd ever heard somebody talk about the Bible in those terms and, and uh, to actually believe it and then to live it. And over time, I actually found myself becoming more and more open to thinking about and even talking about spiritual things. I actually went home and found an old Bible that was stuck in a drawer somewhere and uh, I began to read some of it. About a year later, I uh, ran into an old friend that I hadn't seen in a, in a few years and in that time, he had actually become a Christian. And we started to have some conversations about what it meant to actually have a personal relationship with God. I'd never heard it in terms like that before. And for the very first time in my life, I understood the gospel. And I realized that I'd never put my trust and my hope in Christ. And so one night, by myself in my room, I knelt down and I prayed in my bed. And I asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior and to be my Lord. And I became a follower of Jesus. Now, 
the names and the dates and the locations, they all change. But I've basically heard that same testimony over and over and over again throughout my many years of being a follower of Jesus. And you know what that tells me? For most of us, the process of coming to faith, the process of responding to the gospel, the process of evangelism, it gets worked out in our lives with the involvement of lots and lots of different people all along the way who are just faithful in casting seed, just throwing and sowing all different kinds of seed. And so when you run into somebody who doesn't just seem to, you know, they just don't get it, listen to me. Man, don't get frustrated. Don't give up. Instead, pray, God, just help me tune in to where they're at right now. And, and, and if you would, please let me help them. Use me, God, just to help them take their next step, whatever it might be. And then you know what? You just keep loving. And you keep serving. And you keep praying. And you keep inviting. You just keep casting seed. Because prepared, fertile soil, that's the only heart that responds to the gospel. And you see, what Jesus is trying to teach us here is that we are all surrounded by people every day who are somewhere along this process. And sure, some have hearts that are as hard as rock. You know, others are asking questions. Others have never seen faith lived out by a loving, serving believer. And so you and I, we ought to be asking, God, where are they? And when we see that, just say, God, just please use me to help them take another step. Just help me, you know, to see where they're at and to love them and serve them, whatever it is, whatever they need, so that one day, when they are ready, and they do hear the gospel, it'll take root, and it'll produce a harvest. And see, one thing we forget is that what I just described, man, that takes time. That takes time. You know what? There actually might be years, get this, between the steps for some people. Now, I personally do not know a lot about farming, okay? But one thing I am sure of, it takes time and it takes patience. You know, I wish I could just throw some uh, tomato seeds out on the backyard and to wake up in the morning, they'd be big, beautiful tomatoes. Doesn't happen that way, does it? It takes a lot of time and a lot of patience, and it's a process. But here's the encouragement for you and me today. You see, if we're doing the investing part, if we're relating regularly to people who don't have a relationship with God, who don't go to church, and we're living out our faith, and man, we're loving them, and we're serving them, and we're praying for them, then guess what? You ready for this? Then you are doing evangelism. Now, you might not be the one who kneels with them or prays with them to accept Christ or shares the, you know, the, the gospel presentation with them, but if you're living out your life in such a way that they can see what a difference living for Jesus makes, then you are just as important in the process 
as the person who does. Now for a moment, let's talk about where different people might be at in this process. And you might even see some of the people in your own life. I hope you do. Let's look at the different types of soil, the hearts that Jesus talks about here in the story. First of all, he mentions the hard soil first. The hard soil. Verse 4, as he came scattering the seed, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Now, let me ask you a question. Why in the world were the birds able to, uh, to get to the seed? Because the path was hard. It had been trampled on, and the seed couldn't penetrate, so it was left out in the open for the birds. In other words, listen, you are going to run into people all the time who are just closed to the gospel, you know, who might even have an attitude of, listen, spiritual things aren't just for me. I am not interested. I'm not even sure I believe in God. By the way, if you run into somebody who says that they don't believe in God, maybe you could come back with something like this, if you've earned the right to say it. At the very least, tell me about the God you don't believe in because I might not believe in that God either. You see, I think there are a lot of people out there who appear to be disinterested in Christianity because they have a distorted view of God and how he does relate to people, or they have seen people who claim to be followers of Jesus who don't live like it. And as long as God is pictured as a helpless old man or a a mean ogre or a cosmic killjoy, who in their right mind is ever going to get all worked up about following and knowing him? And so if that's their issue and you have done the hard work of loving and serving and sharing, then once in a while a probing question might open the door for further communication that you didn't think existed. But I want you to hear this loud and clear. Typically, that type of soil, your job is simply to show them the love of God. And then another loving, serving follower of Jesus might just pick up where you left off. Jesus tells them that some seed fell on shallow soil. That's the second type, shallow soil. Verses five and six, some seed, uh, some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because they had no root. These might be some of the people who, you know, they're just always ready to jump on the next bandwagon. I mean, they are, and uh, they're attracted maybe to the excitement of it all, and it, maybe initially they appear, appear to be kind of responsive spiritually. Maybe they come forward at the end of a very emotionally charged service, but gradually over time, they, they fade away. Why? Well, Jesus reveals that the seed doesn't take root in their, in their life, that there might be an initial enthusiasm. They may appear to start off well, but they don't last. In fact, in verses 20 and 21, he says, the one who received the seed that fell in rocky places is the person who hears the word at once and receives it with joy, but since he has no root, it only lasts a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Maybe this is the person who quickly commits to Christ with the hopes that you know, God's just the, you know, the genie in the bottle and, and they're gonna, he's going to improve the quality of their life or, or improve their circumstances. But then what happens? Sometime later when they lose that account or when things don't go the way they thought they would turn out or they have a misunderstanding with somebody else, the test doesn't turn out the way they wanted it to, they walk away from God and they walk away from the church. See, I think we got to be careful not to mislead people into thinking that coming to Jesus, it's just a stroll down easy street. Listen, Jesus never promised you or I an escape from the storms of life, but he promises to provide us peace in the storms of life. 
The third type of heart soil that we come into contact with, uh, verse 7, uh, says that other seed fell among thorns. This would be the thorny soil. Uh, look at the explanation he gives in verse 22. The thorny ground represents those who hear and accept the good news, but all too quickly the message is crowded out. Listen to this. By the cares of this life and the lure of wealth, so no crop is produced. The seed among the thorns fights with all the other things in the ground for nutrients, and the thorns eventually strangle it. What are the thorns? Jesus is describing life's worries, riches, and pleasures. Anything that might compete with our wholehearted devotion to him. And listen to this. His implication is that there are going to be those who flirt with following Jesus, but life is either too tempting or too demanding for them to ever respond in a way that draws them to Jesus. There are going to be those that we come into contact with, quite frankly, who just say they're too busy. Now, what's really scary to me as I read about this type of soil that Jesus describes, I mean, what's very sobering is that the world that we live in today has a lot more distractions than it did in the day of Jesus. And this type of heart just has trouble seeing Jesus over the distraction and the attraction of other things. And so you know what this person desperately needs to see? They need to see a follower of Jesus without a divided heart. They need to see a generous believer. They need to see a giving and sacrificial believer who lives and, and believes that this world ultimately is not our home. Coastal, listen to me. Every single person you meet, everyone that's in your sphere of influence, where you live, where you work, and where you play in this community, they are somewhere along the path in this process that Jesus describes. And yes, listen to me, yes, there are going to be those whose hearts are open and ready. Jesus calls this the fertile soil the good soil, and they're all around you. You see, our job, your job, is just to keep what? Keep casting seed. Just keep casting seed. Just keep helping people take whatever their next step is. In fact, listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. Listen to this. The harvest is what? What does he say? Is plentiful. But the workers, the workers are few. In other words, what's he saying? He's saying, listen to me. The problem is not with the harvest. That's not it. It's with the lack of workers. And so what does he say? He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this field. That's you. That's me. You see, what he's saying here is, listen, there's a great harvest out there. There is. People are, there, there are people all around you who are somewhere along in this process. And if you would just keep planting seed, just keep casting seed, and if you'll realize that coming to faith, it's a process. 
So don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Galatians 6, 9, in fact, says, don't become weary. Don't get tired in doing good, in doing the right thing, in casting seed, in being faithful, in loving, in serving, and inviting, because at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up, if you just remain faithful. And Jesus says that, Out of that harvest, this is so cool, out of that invitation, out of that one who responds to the gospel, who's ready, whose heart is receptive, there is produced a crop 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. Listen to me, one, one person invited Chris Rollins to church. One person invited me. I was was going into high school, My, my parents had been separated, my dad was dead. And I was angry and angry at the world. But one friend reached out to me. And he invited me to church. I went to camp the following week. I gave my life to Jesus. And it changed my life. I knew that I knew that I knew in that moment, in that day, that God Almighty, the creator of the universe, was calling little old me to be a pastor. And I knew it then. And listen to me, I read this, and you know what I see? You, you're the harvest of that. What did he say? 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. You're the ripple effect of that one person being faithful and inviting me to church and just casting seed. The best way to sow seed is just being a friend. It's just building relationships where people are loved, where they're loved and served into giving their life to Jesus. Remember, even though it is God and God alone who causes it to grow, who brings about the harvest, we'll never reap a harvest if we never plant a seed. And so here we are, 21 centuries later, and God still has no other plan. His method hasn't changed. And he's still counting on people like you and me. Imperfect people, struggling sinners, forgiven sinners, to carry out his message and his mission. Coastal, we exist. We exist to share and experience the life and the love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. Join me in that mission. There are people all around you who are ready. Some aren't, but don't give up. Don't get tired. Keep being faithful. Keep casting seed. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for all the people that you weaved into my life, in and out of my life, who just remain faithful who maybe didn't know what a difference that invitation would make, but they kept casting seed. And Father, um, I pray for Coastal this week, but not just this week. Sure, we are having what we call a big day and whatnot, but um, God, that never changes. The truth is one day you will call all of us home or the sky will split, the trumpet will sound, and Jesus will return. And our time here on earth will be done. 
There's only two things we can't do in heaven. One is to sin, and one is to reach out to people and to love them and to share the good news of the gospel with them. I pray we get busy about doing that one this week. I pray for next Sunday. I pray that many seeds would be planted and those who are ready will respond. And Father, I believe there is somebody here in this room today, a student, a man, a woman, who has not yet responded to the gospel themselves. The gospel, the good news that you love us so much that you gave your one and only son as a sacrifice for our sin. We're all sinners. We've all blown it. And there's no way to bridge that gap except through Jesus. And you willingly provided him. He died on the cross for our sin. He rose from the dead and he is alive. Listen, today, what are you waiting on? Today could be your day, the day of salvation. Humbly admit that you're a sinner. And just tell God, say, God, I do believe. And I'm ready to come home. I put my trust and my hope in Jesus and in him alone. And what he did for me through his death, burial, and resurrection. And for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow Jesus. I want to keep growing and keep learning and keep becoming more and more like you now see me today, set free, brand new, and forgiven. And then God, use me just to keep being faithful and keep casting seed. I pray this in the name of Jesus. listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.